Well, welcome, friends, to Friday Live on this January 21st, 2022. I am Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy to be here. And uh, uh, cutting in, really, to the end of the live coverage we've been bringing you all day from Washington, D.C., of the March for Life. And God bless all the good pilgrims who went down there, all the good people who are down there. And thanks to EWTN for their, uh, again, continued coverage since the closing mass of the vigil this morning uh, and facing uh, that cold bitter cold weather they said 20 25 18 or 18 degrees i think they said my goodness down there so Mm-mm. god bless them all and uh we pray uh for uh, them and pray for an end yes. to the horror of abortion uh today we are joined by someone you all know and love in just a few minutes uh, our good friend dr ray Garendi is going to be here and he has a brand new book called adoption should you could you and then what Dr. And Ray that's what he did, right? Our, our ten kids. times. Yes. <laughs> he adopted, adopted he and his wife are adoptive parents of ten children. So we'll hear it from somebody who knows. That's right. Uh, Jim's here with the weather. Uh, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. And the next hour, another familiar voice here on Domestic Church Media, our good friend uh, from our now uh, Domestic Church Media satellite studio in Rochester, New York, uh, Bruce Tobacco will be joining us, and Bruce is going to tell us all of what's been going on in his life, and we'll look forward to hearing about his move and um, also when he'll be joining us. And he will be coming back with Come to the Throne on And people have stations. been asking, so yeah. we'll get it. We'll get the story today. So we'll get there as well. But first we're going to pray, and uh, as always, my friends, uh, we do invite you to join us in prayer. We're praying this beautiful prayer of consecration uh, to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So... Uh, We invite you, wherever you are, to join us in praying in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you were the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our our family family to you. you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all of our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael and also to Our Lady, as Holy Father asks us to pray to protect the church from the attacks of the devil, and we've added to that to protect our home, our families, and our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray St. Michael, Michael, the archangel, archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. 
Amen. And Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Agnes, pray for us. And Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Again, friends, thanks for being here. And, uh, you know, I know uh, I didn't hear the numbers of individuals who were down in Washington. Um, they said the crowd might have been a little less than normal because of mm. uh, you, a bus was canceled up in our area. Right. right? So a few items, uh, you know, those buses um, are uh, you know, tightly packed and people are hesitant to do that. So unfortunately, they, they canceled a few buses that I was aware of, specifically St. Magdalene's, but some of our surrounding well, Hunterdon County's pretty bad right now. Mm-hmm. But um, that and the bitter, bitter cold. I mean, you know, how much can you bundle up and wrap up? And that, that would keep some people shying away. And, and then older the, people especially. Right. And mm-hmm. then the third item is the restrictions, new restrictions in Washington, D.C., where you can't go anywhere without, like, showing your papers. <laughs> so, restaurants and otherwise, you can't go in a building. So yeah. that, that so keeps the, people away as well. Yeah, the faithful who went down there, they'll give, gotta give them God credit for going, mm-hmm. bearing with all that, uh, in, in spite of all of that, to get mm-hmm. down there. And uh, I, I did go down uh, when I was younger, the first or second marches a couple times, went to visit our our uh, congresswoman. I lived in Jersey at the time, mm. Millicent Fenwick, God rest her soul. Mm. But uh, she was a pipe-smoking congresswoman, very <laughs> pro-abortion. Play cards, too? Like a card chart? I don't know about cards, but she's, <laughs> she was famous for smoking a pipe. Oh but we God. did make an appointment to go see her when we were down there. Did you get in? Oh, Sure. Wow. We saw her, and uh, you know what? Her first question to us when it was myself, Mary Alice, my friend Mary Alice, and mm-hmm. uh, we went in and um, expressed our, you know, our, our dismay at the uh, the ruling of the Supreme Court. Let me guess. Did she say, "Are you Catholic?" That's what she said. Are you? For- are you Catholic? I said, well, "Yeah." I guess she well, wasn't. She wasn't. No. Margaret. <laughs> Millicent. Oh. Millicent Fenwick. So she. Uh, I don't think I'm trying to think of where she she pulled out her pipe and started smoking it in front of us. I'm not quite sure, but uh, God, she's passed away. God rest her soul. Have mercy on her soul. Well, so, now she knows all about. Well, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> anyway, that's you know it's hard to believe that uh, that decision was made 40, 49 years ago. So many. half a century. I mean, it's. Uh, but they say this year, you know, Could the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is going to make a decision sometime around June. So uh, maybe things will. Maybe this is the last march. Wouldn't that be wonderful? How about that? Uh, well, our good friend Dr. Ray Garendi will be joining us shortly about his brand, talk about his brand new book, Adoption, Should You, Could You, and Then What? Uh, so maybe there you know someone uh, or yourselves uh, considering adoption. Of course, on this day when we remember uh, so many millions of uh, unborn babies who were d- killed uh, and there would have been loving homes waiting for them had they been given a chance to live. Uh, adoption is a very viable option, especially for those individuals who can't conceive on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Ray will tell us all about that. And then next hour, our good friend Bruce DeBacco will be joining us. Bruce, now he and his lovely wife, Linda, now live up in upstate New York in the Rochester, New York area, uh, where they, I think the last report we spoke with them on Monday. They were shoveling 15 inches of snow. 15 inches. Oh, God be That's with the them. most recent. <laughs> yeah, the most one of recent, many storms. I think he said so. We'll look forward to talking with Bruce. But anyway, we hope you're keeping warm. Jim will be here with the weather. He'll tell us what's going to be going on this weekend. And from what I hear in advance, is uh, going to be kind of a bitter weekend. It's going to continue this cold weather. But... 
But it is right. January. Right. Although we were saying this morning, it's hard to believe it's already January 21st. I know. Friday again. It's like, whoa, were we just here? You know, you, know, you think another, and the way the time goes so quickly, and I, I know that's always the topic, our opening topic. But uh, in five or six weeks, the daylight will be even longer. I mean, already the days are longer and brighter. Yeah. And I always judge that by when I do my Saturday vigil. Now I can drive up there and it's still daylight. Of course, I'm driving home in the dark. but And then you could sit by the window and the sun feels great. So before long, you'll be out walking in, in the neighborhood again. Yeah. That's the nice thing about living here in this part of the country. There's always change. You always have another season Just wait approaching. a little while and hmm. Because when we lived in when we lived in Phoenix when we first got married, there was there's no well, only one season out there. Well, you could say there are two. There is a possible of a spring. <laughs> it was summer like and spring. Vicious summer and not so vicious summer. It was still summer. Yeah, but not that bad. But then not, we would drive yeah. to, so we could have those seasons. We realized how spoiled or or just. Uh, we drove over to to, uh, to California for the beach. Mm-hmm. And we then dr- we would drive north to have some snow and cold weather in Flagstaff. Flagstaff, so yeah. We, we realized that we kind of missed some of those seasons. Yeah, we missed the change of the leaves, which you don't have in Phoenix. No, and, they don't uh, even have any leaves in Phoenix. Oh, no. <laughs> but then we would drive. It wasn't that long. It was maybe, maybe a seven-hour drive over to the to the coast mm-hmm. over in California. Yeah, because we were landlocked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you are landlocked. Oh, we appreciate but it was lovely. It was only three years, but we did love it. We did. And I could almost see going back there. I almost could. At our age now, I could see why. Because mm-hmm. there's that big community up north, uh, the Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. Sun City, right? Where they we call would it, look pretty young. They, look, they call it <laughs> Sun City up in the north, and uh, where a lot of the snowbirds go to live. And, and retire. And retire. retire we, used to la- we used to kind of chuckle at those people like us who go back there in the winter now, the snowbirds. We are those. We are those. We have become them. And you rescued somebody. Do you remember? I know we have a golf cart. To, yeah, they drive in little <laughs> golf carts. They go to the store. They go to the post office, and they're kind of like off to the side. But they got themselves wedged up on a curb. Or yeah, they didn't navigate the turn too well in their yeah. golf carts. So it was kind of half on the curb and half, and the, and the wheels were spinning. So, Ooh, so what do we do? This is when Chris, when we lived there, and we were much, <laughs> much, much younger. I was able to help them lift the cart off the curb. Yeah, now <laughs> it might be a little, a little difficult now, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it, but I could see, I could see now how. In fact, we talked to friends yesterday who live in the, the Poconos, mm-hmm. and we didn't know. But I, I spoke with him on the phone, and I, and we were chatting, and he said, "Oh, by the way, I'm in Florida." I said, "Oh, you're in Florida? How for how long? Oh, we're here till April." <laughs> because you think, oh, man, how do these people navigate these winters? We would look at the weather map, and Poconos, which is not that far, is negative one, mm-hmm. and they and really snow. Get They've had been having snow, with sure, snowfalls, right. So I didn't and that's realize. how they deal with it. They go to Florida they go to for Florida. four months. That's right. Just after Christmas, boom, they're they're gone. Yes. And they're they're down there. Well, we had our son's in-laws up in northern Michigan would they do that. They did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. They would go from Michigan right after, right after New Year, drive down to Florida. Mm-hmm. We may get to that, but we kind of escaped to the desert for a couple weeks only each winter. Yeah. But, but You could do it well. We're both working full-time. A couple weeks you could yeah. handle, but you could see eventually it, it, it's rather inviting. Yeah, it's warmer. You don't slip on the ice out yeah. there. But all right, we'll take a break, and then when we come back, our uh, good friend, Dr. Ray Garendi, will be joining us to talk about his brand-new book, Adoption, Should You, Could You, and Then What? So you can stay right where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Don't go away.
Well, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you here on this cold January day. Our next guest, or our first guest, actually, a very familiar voice here on Domestic Church Media, heard every weekday at 1 p.m. He's a clinical psychologist, author, professional speaker, national radio and television host. And also, in addition to his radio program, his TV show, Living Right with Dr. Ray, can be seen on EWTN Global Catholic Television and aired in 140 countries. And in his brand new book, Adoption, Should You, Could You, and Then What, Dr. Ray Garendi, uh, he does, and he's also the adoptive father of 10 children himself, provides authentic answers to challenging real-life questions. So welcome to the program, Dr. Ray. How are you? Appreciate it, Jim. Well. Thank you. And with all that, we're only going to be about three or four hours. I'm sure you have plenty of time, right? <laughs> Piece of cake. Just make, hey, just make them true-false questions. 
I'm better at those. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, you know, okay. they always say when you're going to write a book, write about something you know. Mm. Now, as an adoptive parent of 10 children, this obviously is a topic that uh, you know a lot about. Well, I was forced to learn it, guys, mm-hmm. whether I whether I knew a lot about it or I didn't. Once I got thrown into the deep end of the pool, I had to figure it out. Well, my, my first thought is, uh, and we say Jim and I are parents of three. Now they're grown children with children of their own. And there was never a guidebook. You know, you hope and you pray that you're doing the right thing. You ask your parents for some advice if, if they're around to do that. Then there's certainly, I would imagine, no guidebook for the whole adoption. I mean, that that's a different set. There is now. Well, now there is. Fine. Okay. But how did, <laughs> how did you navigate your way through that experience? Well, the first thing I'd like to say is that maybe it's a good thing there isn't a guidebook for parenting in general. Okay. Because I think that's one of the reasons parents are so insecure and nervous and mm-hmm. second-guessing and unsure of themselves and fearful of making psychological miscues. Okay. I think we experts have done a number on parents. I think I think parents, by and large, were more authoritative and more confident and resolute two generations ago than they are now. But that's another time. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole adoption thing has changed radically, guys. Uh, no longer is this a situation where the young sixteen year old girl gets pregnant out of wedlock, she goes and lives with relatives, or she goes and lives with the nuns, and then she places her baby. It's no longer the situation, first of all, with abortion and with the idea that most young girls are now told that to adopt a baby to a loving mom and dad is a irresponsible, demanding, isolating thing. Many, many young mothers keep the babies or they abort them. Well, you do the math, you got a million or more parents waiting to adopt, and you probably have uh, maybe 50,000 infants becoming available per year. Uh, People turn other places. They go overseas. They look to adopt through public agencies where the children have been removed from the parents. So the the whole obstacle course can be a little more tricky for folks. And it also raises a lot more anxieties, too. So, Dr. Ray, you know, I guess what are what are some of the frustrations? We just kind of covered a little bit of them right there. But the frustrations about the adoption process itself today, sure. you said that's different. Let's well, talk a little bit about that. Sure, Jim. Yeah, one of them is financial. So people say, ah, you know, I've heard that it costs $52,000. Well, it can cost anywhere from zero $50,000. If you go overseas, then you've got all kinds of conditions placed upon you by foreign governments. Or if you adopt privately, depending upon the agreements made through the attorney or the private agency, yeah, yeah, it can cost you twenty to 30000 But offsetting that is a tax credit of 10000 and you can spread that out over three years. You also get the deduction now, and you also get the child credit. So so you could offset a lot of that money. If you adopt through a public agency, four of our children came through public agencies. They were already in foster care. You don't pay a dime. All right, flat out, it's zero. The cost is zero. Hmm. So that's one factor. Another factor is the emotional factor, the fear factor. Well, I love this child as I love perhaps my biological child, if I already have one. Will my relatives accept this? 
what happens if I don't attach to this child? What happens if this child is difficult to raise? And I feel guilty long about age seven or eight. I'm not relating to this kid, and I feel like a horrible human being. And I go to confession every other hour. So all of those nervous fears sometimes plague folks, and it keeps them from doing something that they really would want to do. You know, a lot of times people will say to me, I don't know if I'm called to adopt. I would like to, but I don't know if God is calling me to adopt. I say to them, well, he wrote it down. He said in the letter of James, this is faith that is pure and undefiled before the Lord, that we take care of the widows and the orphans in their distress. Jesus said it. He who welcomes a little one in my name welcomes me. So we're not saying to be a Christian you have to adopt, or to even be a heroic Christian you have to adopt. We're just simply saying, if you want to adopt, and you're wondering if that's what God's calling you to do, well, he already called you. Yeah, yeah, he already said it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and doctor, as far as the motives and reasons to adopt, uh, we know, of course, I guess the most the most common one is, is parents who would love to have a child and just can't conceive on their own and, and, and they, they seek then adoption. Um, what are, and I, I think also now I think and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I've heard a lot about single people who adopt. Is that is that a good route as well for a single person who wants to be a parent? That is happening, Jim, and I'll tell you why. Because there are more older kids waiting for adoption. And rather than necessarily being placed in foster homes throughout their childhood or moving from foster home to foster home, as perhaps foster parents retire or they age out or they die, so the kids would never really have a stable home. So sometimes the workers will say, yes, if there is a single parent here willing to love, and provide a home for this child, that's one of our options, of course. The big reason, you're right, Jim, the big reason is people want to have a child, or maybe more. When my wife and I found out that we could not conceive, I had a condition that was congenital. It happened at birth. I, I, I got it from my mom. Hmm. And when I found that out, I went to her house, and I threatened to sue her. <laughs> But the attorney told me that the statute of limitations had probably run out. So I gave her a stern warning. I said, Mom, this better not happen again. <laughs> well, anyway, so we thought, okay, maybe we'll have one child, perhaps two. That'll be it. I mean, obviously, some people say, you know, I, I had a friend who waited eight years to adopt. How did you get ten? Right. Well... There's kind of a secret that's not so much a secret anymore, but it was what we adopted, which is if you're open to a child of any race or a child that's a little older or a child who's been called special needs, now that's a very broad category. Mm. Eight of my kids could be considered special needs. But the reason is three are black, two are biracial, two are Hispanic. Two were sibling groups. Four were a little bit older. So, so in that sense, there wasn't any special complications in their development. It was just they were considered not a white child adopted by a white family. Mm -hmm. So basically, people say, why did you adopt now? So it's kind of like potato chips. You know what I mean? You always think you can eat one more until mm -hmm. you throw up. <laughs> yeah. 
We're talking with Dr. Ray Garendi about his uh, brand new book, uh, Adoption, Should You, Could You, and Then What, published by Sophia Institute Press. And of course, their web address is sophiainstitute.com. And Dr. Ray himself being an adoptive father of of 10 children. Doctor, you mentioned special needs, other races. Is there a a difficulty, uh, more of a difficulty with with special needs and uh, children of other races than there would be? Uh, with with uh, those children who were you know that are not those cases, is it more difficult? Is it someone should be aware of the ch- extra challenges? When we were adopting our black children, we ran up against some social workers that said, "How are you going to keep their culture alive?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "What culture?" I said, "Birth mom was a single mom. He was." Uh, uh, kind of going to be seriously neglected. That's not a culture I wanted to keep alive. Right. My son Peter is now 25 years old. He is as much like me as any of our children. Uh-oh. He does not see <laughs> pigment in the skin. Neither yeah. do I. Right. There is no such thing that's nonsense among parents. So that's first of all. Now, you may get a little bit of that from the culture at large or a, a few relatives perhaps. But that's usually because there's a difference in the way the kid and the parent looks. I always tell adoptive parents, if you're worried about how somebody's going to take to your child who perhaps doesn't look like you, let the child win them over, because that's usually what happens. Mm -hmm. My son Peter's a very thoughtful young man. Mm -hmm. People take to him very easily. He wins them over. He always has. He wins them over better than I do. So... Given that, I, I asked a, an adoption worker once. This was back when we had about six kids. I said, uh, if I want to adopt a little black infant boy, how long would I have to wait? And she said, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, mm. wow. Mm. Yes. Wow. That's exactly right. There, wow. were, there were many young infant black boys who were available to adopt, and there were not enough homes for them. Mm. Yes. And on, on the spiritual side, Dr. Ray, I, I always think of the special graces that individuals, parents must have to even enter into the process and then to be a parent to an adoptive child. I, I think of, you know, I'm, I'm a big Yankee baseball fan, and, and the, the face of the Yankees right now is a is an adopted mixed-race young man, uh, um, Aaron Judge, Who's, who was adopted by, by uh, I think, a teacher and, and her husband. And uh, I think he was, it was almost, I think, considered to his birth mother considering an abortion. And look where he is today. And, and the great grace and the, the blessing of these this beautiful couple that adopted this child. Uh, what about the spiritual side and, and, and the, the guiding, guiding divine graces that one receives when adopting? Three of my children came very close to abortion. We let them always know how much their parents, birth parents, loved them to give them not only a mom and a dad, but life itself. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. Yes, nowadays there are more children being adopted who have been drug and alcohol exposed in the womb. That does a number on developing brain. Doesn't always do a severe number, but it can do a number. And that may make a higher percentage of adopted kids harder to raise, maybe slower to develop or slower to form consciences 
or more herky-jerky oddities in their temperaments or maybe some learning problems. Yes, that can be. But I always tell adoptive parents, you are there to commit to that child. You may not always feel warm every day of the week, but your commitment is your love. You are raising that child as God said, here, I got this kid for you. Do you want this child? Yes. Are you ready for what might come? Yes. I'll tell you guys, some of my kids were very, very easy to raise. They absorbed our parenting, they absorbed our religion, and they just are doing beautifully as young adults. I cannot say that for all of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them are struggling in life. Some of them have left the faith. Some of them have serious mental problems. However, as my wife says, we were asked to do what we did. We will not hitch our peace to the behavior of our now adult children. Well, Dr. Ray, we want to thank you for uh, being with us today. And friends, the book is called Adoption, Should You, Could You, and Then What? So if you yourselves or you know uh, people or your own children are considering adoption, certainly an outstanding book published by Sophia Institute Press. It's sophiainstitute.com is their web address, and all good and fine booksellers, I'm sure, have it as well. Don't forget, Dr. Ray is heard right here on these domestic church media radio stations every weekday at 1 p.m. And what would you say, Dr. Ray, somebody's listening right now and they said, you know, we've been on the fence about this and we've been thinking about it. What is their first step or what what would be your first piece of advice to them? The book is very practical. Mm -hmm. Read it. Mm -hmm. It should answer your questions and your nervousness and your concerns and your doubts. If it does, great. Take a step into the unknown. If it doesn't, put the book down and say, well, that was a nice book. Let's move on to something else. (laughs) Adoption, Should You, Could You, and Then What? Written by our good friend, Dr. Ray Garendi. Doctor, thanks so much for being with us today. We really, really appreciate it. And I think you're going to be on Catholic Answers tonight, right? I believe so, unless they call and cancel on me because they said there's no way they can compete with the interview you guys did. <laughs> I don't know. So, about friends, that. <laughs> tune in at six o'clock after awesome. this program is over, and Dr. Ray will be back. Boy, what a day of Dr. Ray. This is great. Fantastic. All right, Doctor. Thanks so much. God bless you. Stay well. Thank you, guys. Bye, Bye now. Bye. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. We'll be right back. Jim's here with the weather, so don't go away. More to come on Friday Live. i
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Okay, that means it's time for our domestic church media chief meteorologist with the weather forecast, uh, Mr. Jim Hoffman. Baby, it's cold outside. It sure is. <laughs> Backyard's frozen after that rain yesterday yes. morning. Rain and then what do we have? Five, six inches? <laughs> five or six flakes. Yeah, five or six flakes. Uh, yes, yes. We counted flakes yesterday, not, not, not inches, right? Snow, <laughs> snow by the flake. And you know, on the news, like on the, we were watching the weather and they're still talking about, well, it's supposed to stop snowing soon and we're going to calculate, you know, the snowfall. I thought there's nothing outside. Like they were still trying to convince us of this nor'easter. Or whatever it was. Yeah, it was supposed to be, uh, I guess the, the forecast was for one to three inches. And uh, I think it, it started to change over maybe around 10 in the morning. But, but then it just lightened up. And, I mean, right, right then you could tell it wasn't going to be much of anything. Right, no. right. Nary a dusting. No. But you're yeah. right. Everything did freeze and still is frozen. Mm -hmm. Including my feet. And it's going <laughs> to remain frozen for a while. Yeah. Uh, okay. Weekend. Ah. So I have Big to segue into the forecast. I have yeah. I have to get my I have to get my firewood going then tonight. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. It's uh, actually it's it's very cold. No one no one got above freezing today. Uh, Ewing right now is at twenty three. Freehold twenty two. Hamilton twenty five. Hamilton twenty three. Cape May is the warm spot at twenty five, along with Hamilton. Well, sure. Go to the beach. That's the place to go. That's <laughs> down the shore. That's the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beach Haven is 24. Seaside Heights 23. And if you want to take a dip in the water, water is very warm, 37 degrees. Ooh, oh, there you go. That'd be nice. Yeah. Nice and refreshing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As I said, it's all relative, right? Relative <laughs> to air temperature, it's pretty warm. That's yeah, right. That's right. feel warmer in the yeah. water then. <laughs> Yeah, there yep. in, in yep. the cold air. But that and and, and uh, that's is it going to get much? You said it's not going to get much better. So wh where are we going the rest of the weekend? I have to keep that yeah, fire going. I, I would say the the headline for the weekend is it's cold uh, with uh, some moderation in temperature on Sunday. So just dig into the forecast tonight. It's going to be partly cloudy, very cold, low around twelve degrees. Saturday, sunny, but still it's going to be cold. High just twenty nine degrees. Saturday night, partly cloudy, low 16, and then Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 34. So breaking the freezing 
mark on Sunday. And then Sunday night, we dip right back down into the teens with a low around 16 degrees. And then Monday, just above the freezing mark at 33 degrees with mostly sunny skies. And taking a peek into next week, um, looks like we're going to have uh, maybe getting to uh, 40 degrees on Tuesday with a slight chance of rain. But overall, it's going to be cold. Uh, most of the lows will be in the uh, teens to the 20s. Uh, most of the highs will be um, in the upper 20s to low 30s. So it's going to be continued pretty cold into next week, except when we warm up on Tuesday. But no snow? Uh, maybe no. a little, cha- little chance of snow Tuesday night. Tuesday, okay. Um, and then the weather models are showing something for um, maybe late next week, early, maybe next weekend. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Actually, it was interesting, um, uh, maybe about five or six days ago, one of the uh, computer models was showing a, no storm for tonight, tomorrow here, but that can pan out. That's actually gone south of us. So if you have uh, friends down in North Carolina, Raleigh area, all around there, um, they have the winter storm. Watch out right now. Two to four inches of snow. And they all moved. They all moved south to get away from that kind of stuff. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I sit there with them. <laughs> I, I can't think of it. I think last year we did have a, a number of storms, I think, if I recall correctly. But I, that would, it may have been the only winter in the past number of years that we've had uh, Some snow. heavy snow that way. Yeah, and the kids want to go sledding. You know, that's if it's going to snow, let's really snow. Well, the, the adults want to go sledding, too. I want to go. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. <laughs> because then after that, you, you stop off at the pub. Is that what you do, warm up after that? I guess, yeah. <laughs> that sounds good to me, Jim. All right. Take my Jack Dan- I take my brandy with me take and your then I'll pop off with some Jack Daniels on the way home. Because you, because you <laughs> ski, right? You ski. So are you still skiing? Yeah, is that- I did. And, uh, you know what? I, so I had my hip replacement a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, yeah, the doctor said, you can do anything. And I said, how about skiing? He says, well. <laughs> and then he went into a, a lecture about how I could like really up my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you talked me out of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the day comes where we just have to retire some of those activities. Oh, but yeah, how about how about yeah. tubing? Can you tube? Can you get in a tube and sure. go down the hill? I'm sure he can. You didn't say anything about not tubing. And there you go. Tubing. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good then. All right, James. Well, thank you so very much. Stay warm uh, and uh, hi to Jackie and the family, and we'll look forward to uh, talking with you next week. All right. God bless. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. All right. Bye now. Thanks. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Catholic tune. Time to name that Catholic tune. A very fun game show we play here on Friday Live. And uh, the uh, rules are, sure, we'll give you information about today's Catholic hymn. Uh, and uh, listen carefully. Then she's going to play a little bit of it on the uh, mighty Steinway we've rolled in here into the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you think you know what it is, after she plays a little a bit of the tune itself, you can call us at 609 609- Four nine three eight two five five. That's six zero nine four nine three eighty two fifty five. But don't call until Cheryl plays a little bit of it on the mighty Steinway that we have here in the studio. I would almost accept. 
four different titles for this Whoa. melody. Okay. It's pretty amazing. Of course, there's one that is super popular, but others might recognize the tune and think of, you know, the Easter season or or something like that where a different text. And we know that this happens. A certain melody is easy to sing and, and very pleasing. And then as you flip through the hymnal, you'll find that melody used three or four times mm-hmm. with different words. I mean, we, we know that that exists. What surprised me is that it, it started as a Christmas carol. So oh, I, didn't know the, I learned that today in a little bit deeper research of this particular okay. hymn. It started as a Christmas carol, Child in the Manger, Infant of Mary. But it didn't last too long. That was back in 1900. And then it was 1931 that it took on the text that, uh, one of these texts, I should say, 1931. And um, it was developed because they saw a need. This is Scotland and Ireland is where it comes from. They saw a need for a hymn to give thanks for each day. Make a poem to fit this lovely Scottish tune. And uh, it was originally entitled A Morning Song, and it was for children. But, of course, now it's it's taken on a much broader use, and especially with the... Um, alternative text it's it can be used throughout the year for a variety of reasons so we have this little irish scottish gaelic tune the lovely morning type words but it was really put on the map i want to say 70s early 70s early 70s you know who i'm talking about can i say who that is it's going to be a dead giveaway. Yeah, I'm going to play the melody. If if we get no callers, I'll tell you who made okay. this really, really famous. But I think you'll recognize it to the point where people think, wait a minute, that's a secular song. How is it in the hymnal? And uh, I know a pastor who said, we're not singing that in our church, even though it's in every hymnal. I don't care what publisher you have. It's in there, but he says, no, it's a secular song. Because it was also in the Billboard Top 40 in the early 70s. Yes, but, I mean, it's there is sacred text in here. Okay. So here uh, you go. 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255 if you know today's Catholic tune. It's just a fragment. Okay. We already. Whoa! All, really? the, all the lines are lighting up. Is no that way. possible? It was boom, 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 boom. All right. Well, Sales calls. All the lines. All the lines. All right. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi. Is it morning has broken? Good job. Oh, very good. <laughs> it is morning has broken. Very good job. So when did you? When did that get? Let's find out who it is. Oh who, yeah. What's your name? <laughs> Hello, it's Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. From Oakhurst. From Oakhurst, okay. I love, yep, I love the two of you together. I'm also the Seton, Seton Hall alum. Oh, you are. Okay. Hey. Well, Elizabeth, and then um, you're, you're, you're a fellow pirate. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. That's a beautiful song, and I like the history behind it, too. Yes. Well, you that know, you were, yeah. we're thinking Cat Stevens, but... Um, yeah. It's it's definitely a sacred text. You know, it talks about God's recreation mm-hmm. and the, the Garden of Eden. And then mm-hmm. it could be uh, Christ be beside me or this day God yes. gives me. There's Beautiful. a lot of other texts. Yeah. What, what was the giveaway oh. for you? When did you think you knew what it was? Well, you did a very good job of uh, putting 
some emphasis on the word mourning. Okay. <laughs> and I just imagined myself in church at St. Michael's, West End. Oh, okay. Know that your mm-hmm. pastor was just here with and us. Cheryl saying morning has broken. I think yeah. that might be it. Excellent. And then when I heard the first sound, you know, the first note, I knew it. There you Wonderful. go. Wonderful. Well, Elizabeth, you are our Wonderful. big winner today. Morning has broken is the correct answer. That is our Catholic tune of the day. So, uh, congratulations. And I'm going to ask you to hold on. Don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold. And Cheryl will get on the phone and get some information from you. Okay. So I can send you a prize. Thank you very much. God okay, bless you. For, and thanks on. for playing. Stay right there. And friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more. And here is Morning Has Broken.
Well, congratulations to Elizabeth from Oakhurst. She was our big winner today. Morning has broken. Good job. And what were you? I heard you saying to uh, were the other titles possible titles? Christ be beside me. Christ be beside. So the which Saint is, that's the Patrick's, that's Saint Patrick's breastplate. Right. Yeah. Christ be beside me. Christ be before me. Christ mm-hmm. be behind me. This day God gives me strength from high heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same tune. Um, and what was the other one I mentioned? I don't know. So I was asking. I did mention another one. But there are four, you say. Yes. And it's like an old Irish it's just drinking an, song. <laughs> it's not a drinking song. <laughs> Martin has broken. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Um, now it just escaped of course, me. Cat, was... Cat Stevens was the yes. uh, individual, and he sang "Morning Is Broken." Did he sing the real words? I mean, he wasn't. I, you know, I should find. I, I I know in my collection, I probably have a Cat Stevens album. I think so. Why Why would there even be different text from yeah. Cat Stevens? Praise yeah. for the singing. Praise for the morning. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So get out your old forty fives if you have it, mm-hmm. and put it on the turntable, and we'll, we'll and see. spin it. And the last verse, um, born of the one light Eden saw play, praise with elation, praise every morning, God's recreation of a new day. Nothing wrong with singing that in church. No, but I guess the individual you're speaking about, because Cat Stevens made it a hit. Right, and so people affiliate it with that, you know, top ten chart, but... It's in every hymnal. So what about you know? Good enough I, for me. What about when the birds recorded uh, "Turn, Turn, Turn" from That's, the Book of Ecclesiastes? I know. I mean, word for word, scripture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love that song. Going to see to it, everything. Turn, yeah. turn, turn. Which actually, they it was a cover for them. That was really originally done by Peter, Paul, and Mary. I think it's one of those folk groups back in the early '60s. The other title is "Baptized in Water." Ah, baptized in water. So we sometimes sing that one at. Confirmation, because it talks about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. sealed with the Spirit. Now, can so, you do that at Mass? I mean, it's just morning is broken. Well, that wouldn't be allowed by this individual. Well, I don't know. I didn't go. I oh. didn't take the conversation. Is it the any melody further. or the words? Yeah, yeah. Because I thought I'm not going to get into an argument about it. I think so you should Cat do turn, Stevens, turn, turn. Was that early seventies? I think it was early seventies. Yeah. Well, look at the wedding song by Peter, Paul, and Mary. True. That too. It's for weddings and scripture. It's right. Corinthians. A man shall leave his. I mean, that's what the words are all in there. Mm-hmm. Right out of the Bible. So I don't understand so, why you could. Well, we used, to, we used argument, to do that at weddings. You can't do them anymore. I do. You, you and I used to do that together. Yeah, that's right. In fact, we recorded it, didn't we? I know. We should play that. There's a recording somewhere Maybe of us before, singing the wedding uh, song. Our show before Valentine's Day. Okay. We'll, we'll pull that out of the archives. I'll see if I can find it. That uh, was fun. And we sound different. Like you were younger. Almost, <laughs> yeah, like you were a tenor <laughs> and I was kind of a lyric soprano. Now we're both. Base one and two, <laughs> like a pirate. Not yeah. really. I, 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 you know, I, I, when on the off hours here, I'll come over to my karaoke mm. set behind us, and I'll do a few Sinatra sets by myself. Yeah. Just you, <laughs> just me, and the Holy Family singing there, just yeah. singing my heart out. Mm-hmm. But I want to keep my voice in shape. Why not? And you know, it's music therapy. It is. If you're feeling low, put I, on I music. can remember from the when I first started singing publicly, and I started singing in my first. Bar singing job was I was seventeen. Peter and I sang wow. together at Cavino's on Route Twenty Seven. Remember, remember Cavino's restaurant? I do. It's on Route Twenty Seven, and it's not there anymore. Now it's a Chinese restaurant, I think. 
But we would sing there on Saturday nights. We were only 17. We weren't even of age, drinking age. I was just going to say, yet you were able to be there. We were, behind, we, we were behind the bar. I don't, know how we, I don't know how we got away with that. We should not probably, have been behind the bar. They probably wouldn't do that today. But I was, today. I was singing, and that's how I started. And I, and, you know, then, I, of course, I did Mamie Works in Highland Park uh, and all the other you know, things. That, but I remember any time if I was having trouble in my life, if I was singing, it all went away. I know. It, really it just all went away. away. I just would sing. And that's why I think a lot of people might uh, join their church choir. I mean, you know, they're, they're not in a position to go lead, sing along at a bar, but um, you get involved in your church choir. There's camaraderie. It just, you go there, you, you're focused on your music. Of course, in the church choir, it's sacred text. It's uplifting. It's prayerful. And you go home feeling just so great. Yeah. And it's an escape from just the humdrum, whatever. But so, even if I'm am I cleaning the house, I'll put on the music and start dancing around with the back. You're not home. See this. I know. Obviously not. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, we'll take a break. So don't go away. There's another big hour uh, coming up. Our friend Bruce DeBacco is going to join us later on. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, we're going to cut away for about three minutes, but be back at the top of the hour. You can keep watching then. So uh, stay right where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Don't go away. Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood. I'm kind of a teacher by nature. I always have been. I've always loved books and ideas and life of the mind and speaking and all that. So I brought that into the priesthood. You know, a very wise thing was said a long time ago, namely that if God chose you to be a priest, he chose you to be a priest, meaning he chose you with your particular gifts and what you're going to bring. So you don't leave that behind. On the contrary, God chose me with these particular gifts. So I've always discerned that teaching and writing and, and uh, preaching and proclaiming would be a key part of it. And it has been. I found great joy in that. I've always found joy in the uh, pastoral work. You know, I did it when I was newly ordained. I was in a parish for four years. And whenever I would go to a hospital, I go to a nursing home, go into the school, counsel, engage couples. I mean, I always found great joy in that, even though it's challenging. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Our mission is to transform the world one woman at a time through a spiritual program of formation that helps them to see who they are as daughters of the Most High God and to enjoy the gift that God has given to them by virtue of their femininity. Women of Grace with Jeanette Bankovic Williams. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media weekday mornings at 11. For the Jews of old, the temple was the holiest place in the universe. 
and the spiritual center of the temple was the Holy of Holies. It was blocked off by a thick curtain, and only the high priest could enter to offer sacrifice to God. He had to have a rope tied around his ankle in case he died in there so he could be dragged out because no one else was ever allowed in. I lead a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year, and to this day, you can see Jewish people from around the world come to the Wailing Wall, the closest place to where the Holy of Holies was, just to touch that wall. When Jesus died, the curtain separating the Holy of Holies was torn in two, not from bottom to top, which man could have done, but in an act of God from top to bottom. Why? Because in the New Covenant, God's dwelling place is you. You are the holiest place in the universe. Do you live like it? This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Look, sweetheart, hell is hell for you in the past, and all you pre-Vatican people, and all you pro-Vatican people, all you people before Vatican II, and all you people after Vatican II, if you don't shape up, down you go. Now, you may not believe it, but I hate to have you find out by going there. You got to face realities. There is a heaven. There is a judgment. There is a, a hell. There's a purgatory. There's a particular judgment when you die. There's a general judgment at the end of the world. Now, that judgment doesn't change your status. It just tells everybody why you went where you went or how you got there. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN radio. Every single day, I get to help our listeners of the Sunrise Morning Show wake up, find out what's going on in the church and the world, and then walk with them as we all seek to grow in knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. I mean, how could it get any better? The Sunrise Morning Show with Anna Mitchell and Matt Swain. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media weekday mornings at 7. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Friends, for another big hour of Friday Live on this very cold January 21st, 2022. Uh, we are happy you're with us this hour. My name is Jim. And this is Cheryl. And coming up a little later on, we'll be joined uh, by our good friend, 
Bruce DeBacco, who's going to tell us about his uh, move up to, talk about being cold here. I'd the Adventures what Up like North. Yeah. In uh, northern New York State, but we'll, we'll hear from Bruce. And uh, we're also going to start with our gospel reading and our reflection today is by our good friend, Father John Butler, who was here earlier with us today. And uh, just want to let you know, all of you who sent in your beautiful prayer requests uh, in Advent and Christmas time as a result of our mailing, of course, we prayed for you regularly daily here, but today, uh, Father Butler said Mass for us, and the intentions were for all of those intentions that we have in our chapel, mm-hmm. so they were all prayed for at Holy Mass today. We have a beautiful basket there mm-hmm. on the altar, and literally puts his hands over the baskets and prays for all the listeners and all their personal, private intentions, and offers offers you all up, and such a beautiful holy priest. And Catherine, too, I don't think we mentioned, is from his parish. Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth, excuse mm-hmm. me. Elizabeth. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I had a little note because we met a Catherine and her son Raymond at the Advent mission. Oh, okay. So um, if you're listening, hello to you. I hope everyone's doing well. I imagine there's a chilly breeze off the ocean, right? Wouldn't it be colder? <laughs> I would think it's so. Different kind of cold. Different right? kind of cold kind of goes yeah. through you. But, uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, uh, pray now our, our gospel for this coming Sunday, the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. And then our friend Father John Butler will give the reflection. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went, according to his custom, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. This Sunday has been designated by Pope Francis as the Sunday of the Word of God, the third Sunday in the liturgical season of ordinary time, the Sunday on which our Holy Father encourages us, quoting the Pope now, to be especially devoted to the celebration, study, and dissemination of the Word of God. The Sunday on which, speaking of the Word of God, the Sunday on which we hear and we see Jesus in that vivid and powerful scriptural moment when he himself enters the synagogue on the Sabbath, he reaches out for the scroll containing the words of the prophet Isaiah, he proclaims the prophetic words aloud for all to hear, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord, the Sunday, the Sabbath, when, as Luke has written down the words for us to ponder, 
The eyes of all in the synagogue that day looked intently at Jesus, and he said to them, Today the scripture passage is fulfilled with these words, and God is fulfilled in your hearing. The words of God presented to us literally served up for us by none other than Jesus himself on our Sunday of the Word of God in the new year of 2022. We've all been taught, we all know, that the words of God are more than just words, more than mere words. We've been taught, we all know, that the Bible is more than just a book, more than just a collection of stories, more than just an unopened confirmation gift or an unused, underappreciated, maybe underutilized wedding present. We know that the family Bible is more than just a family notebook, where the dates of birth and the dates of death of Great-great-grandparents are inscribed on those unbroken in pages at the front of the book before the table of contents. This Sunday is not only the day that the Lord is made, it is also the day when Pope Francis, in his wisdom and as a fatherly and brotherly and priestly act of love and charity and service, he urges us to pick up that family Bible and, well, to go ahead and do flip through those handwritten entries on those pages before the table of contents and do go ahead and say a prayer for those deceased great-great-great-grandparents from the days maybe of McKinley and Lincoln, maybe even from as long ago as the days of Jefferson and Adams and Washington. Pray for them with the certainty and with the joy of knowing that they are praying for you. And then, again, remember, pick up that family Bible and read a passage or two, Word of God Sunday. Read a passage or two from the book of Genesis, for example. In the beginning... When God created the heavens and the earth, God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Also, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so it happened. God looked at everything he had made, and he found it very good. The words of God from the scriptures of the Bible. Again, pick up that coffee table Bible that might still have the cellophane cover still wrapped around it, and read a passage or two from the book of Psalms. For example, Psalm 4. Know that the Lord works wonders for his faithful one. The Lord hears when I call out to him, offer fitting sacrifices, and trust in the Lord. The familiar Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. And as our sisters and brothers rally and march this Friday afternoon to protect the unborn, Psalm 139 comes to mind. Lord, you formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. You know my very soul. Again, pick up that copy of the Bible. Maybe it's that copy with the title on the cover, My First Bible. Maybe that was a gift from your own First Holy Communion. Maybe you can borrow it from your own child or from your own grandchild, given to him or her for his or her First Holy Communion, and read a passage or two from the letters of St. Paul or the letters of St. Peter or the letters of John and others. For example, one of my favorite personal favorites from Scripture, from Paul, a favorite both for the beauty of the words as well as for the elevating of the soul. Quoting now from Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and by petition, 
with thanksgiving make your requests known to God, and then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, these things which come from God. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, wrote St. Paul, and then the God of peace will always be with you, Philippians chapter 4. Also from Paul, 1 Corinthians, quoting Isaiah, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And of course, the list goes on and on, all these phrases, all these thoughts, all these concepts, all these words from the Word of God in Scripture. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Love God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. My soul doth magnify the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Today in our Gospel reading, let's remember those words that we heard a few minutes ago. He stood up to read, he was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he said, Today this scripture, these words, this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. With those written words and with those dramatic words, Jesus the teacher, Jesus the rabbi, the example, the model, the leader, Jesus our good shepherd, Jesus himself is telling us and showing us, and through Pope Francis, he, Jesus, is again telling us and again showing us how to go about and why to go about turning to Scripture, reading from the Bible regularly, every day, at least a few verses, a few sentences, a few minutes, finding in those words of God, knowledge, truth, wisdom, consolation, comfort, strength, faith, and hope, and love. To conclude, Pope Francis, in the homily that he wrote only a year ago for Word of God Sunday 2021, he counseled us and encouraged us with this closing message. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, let us not ignore God's Word. It is a love letter written to us by the one who knows us best. In reading it, we again hear his voice, see his face, and receive his spirit. The word brings us close to God. Let us not keep it at arm's length, but carry it with us always, in our pocket, on our phone. Let us give it a worthy place in our homes. Let us set the gospel in a place where we can remember to open it daily, perhaps at the beginning and at the end of the day, so that amid all those words that ring in our ears, there may also be a few verses of the Word of God that can touch our hearts. To be able to do this, let us ask the Lord for the strength to turn off the television, open the Bible, turn off our cell phone, and open the Gospel. Reading the Bible at home, even a brief passage each day, will make us feel God's closeness to us and fill us with courage as we make our way through life. May God bless you and your families and all your loved ones always, and especially on this Sunday, the Sunday of the Word of God.
Well, welcome back. <laughs> yes. I was eating an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Your energy snack. They say an apple is a as day. good as is as good as a cup of coffee. I heard that, and probably healthy for a pick me up. Yeah, a lot of benefits to coffee though too. Yeah, but you think I don't know? People try to I, avoid caffeine. I know somebody who gave up coffee and she switched to tea, and she goes, "I've never felt better." Tea. I don't know. <clears throat> I need my coffee. Yeah, coffee is good. So is an apple, an apple a day. Actually, the skin of the apple carries like it's, it's, it has an effect like, like zinc does. Whatever something with the cells, like it. Not that you won't get COVID, oh, but, <laughs> but like it, builds up your immune system. Something with the way it protects your yeah, it carries the. I wonder if candy does that too. Yeah, I think you Hershey, know, like Hershey 30, 4 o'clock, a nice candy bar. Dove chocolates. Yeah. Oh sure. Some Dove chocolates with nuts in it, so it's healthy. Yeah, and healthy though. Yeah. Actually, dark chocolate is, is pretty good for you. Somebody <clears> told <throat> me, now, I'm going to have to write to them, email them, and get the name of it. And I thought, how did I not know this? Mm-hmm. They go from, I was in Flemington, we were having a rehearsal, and she was saying, I am I just got back from Allentown, not New Jersey, but Allentown, Pennsylvania area. She goes, I go all the way up there to get my, my share of chocolate. And it was a chocolatier that has a shop up there. She goes, it is worth the drive. It's the best chocolate you've ever had Where in your it? life. Well, of course, I can't remember the shop. Because it was just that place on 202, the, <clears throat> the fudge shop, they make good Right, chocolate. but, I mean, they, they go all the way to Allentown, PA. Oh, 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 oh. Wow. For this chocolatier, like, you know, Johnston's Chocolate or whoever it was. Yeah. And their their signature package is, you know, remember the nonpareils? Like with the little oh, white little dots white, yeah, on them, good. little yeah. confectioner yeah, sugar. Yeah, they're good. They make a dark chocolate nonpareil. She goes, I go up there and I just buy a bunch of them. And her husband has to hide them on her. She goes, otherwise I'll eat the whole package. But she portions them out. And then every now and then she gets to have a little baggie of these. And she goes, it's the best chocolate you've ever had. So I'm going to find out Allentown? who that was. Allentown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know in the movies, couldn't you get a box, little box of those little? Oh, were- right. Were they Snow, the same thing? Snowballs? Or no, no, it snow, was the same type caps. of candy. Exactly, but they were miniature. Yeah, miniature. Yeah. And they probably weren't dark chocolate. I think they were. Oh, they were, yeah. I think so. You snow know, caps. I, I, I mentioned this to about three or four people since yesterday. Nobody was aware oh. that yesterday the British government, and this I'm, I'm reading right from the BBC News. On, and we're a news outlet, so we can share this news. I can share this because it's good news. Oh, my goodness, please. The government is no—this is Great Britain. The government is no longer asking people to work from home, and masks are no longer compulsory in secondary school classrooms. COVID passes will no longer be compulsory to gain entry to venues or events. Face masks will no longer be compulsory in any public space. Although they will still be "quote unquote" recommended, restrictions on visits to care homes will be eased. Uh, the prime minister said he hopes to scrap mandatory self isolation for people who test positive for COVID. So, in other words, they are proclaiming not maybe that it's over, 
but the mandates are over and you are free to deal with this just like you would any other seasonal flu or cold or illnesses that, you know, strep throats going around the classroom, stay home. Compulsory face coverings in most indoor public venues, including theater and cinema, as well as on public transports and in shops and hairdressers, but not in pubs or restaurants or venues such as a gym, uh, gyms where it's not practical. Mm-hmm. Um, so they still have it. You still have to wear it in the, you know some places. Yeah. Uh, people must show that they are vaccinated, have recently tested negative, or, or exempt to gain entry to nightclubs or large-scale events. So they're kind mm-hmm. of easing the rules. Okay. But it's but, not 100%. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, and then Spain followed suit. We read an article yesterday. Spain, right. same thing. They're easing. Spain and Great Britain. <clears throat> and it's saying, just, it's like, uh, okay, we, you know what? We're getting out of this. We're getting out of this. We're going to deal with it a different way. Because the... Um, it says a gradual of COVID restrictions is underway. Uh, mm. So they're just kind of little by little chipping away, to getting rid of them and saying, we're moving to, on. We're going to treat back. it as any other disease. Yeah. And just be careful, wash your hands and do all the necessary precautions. But Like common sense has taught us for years and years and years. But the thing is, to me, that's big news. And yeah. I, I haven't seen it other than uh, Tucker Carlson was the only one who had information about it. Um, so I don't know. Uh, well, I probably... Probably because yesterday there was even bigger news than that. And there was just no room for this because the bigger story was that in the state of New Jersey now, there's a new mandate. You're no longer allowed to purchase or use those when you pack large boxes, styrofoam peanuts. That's been outlawed. So, you know, that would take precedence over certainly this. Although I do hate those things. They stick to you. You can't get them off I your mean, hands. I mean, not for environmental goes, reasons, yeah. just because if you open the box, <laughs> they go all over the place. I know, and you can't peel it's them like off. It's like a styrofoam throat. peanut bomb, you know, yeah. poof. And then you find them on the floor, on the couch, on your back of your clothes. They stick to you. I know. <laughs> so, uh, I, bravo for that rule. That's right. There you Although go. we still have them in Pennsylvania. But that's why. Uh, yeah. Although, if you're on a diet, they're good. Like you can, a little snack. Kind of like rice cakes. <laughs> A good snack, and they have the name peanuts. That's so you right. really think you're eating styrofoam this. peanuts? So they're pretty good, and not bad. You know, they they don't have any calories. Not quite planters. No. no, sprinkle them with salt. You never know the difference. <laughs> so, by the way, if you if you send us anything here at the radio station, don't pack it in styrofoam. I guess now they no, can't. We'll be around. You could. You can't get probably your go hands to jail, on. right? Probably go to jail. Or make just you, like when you cut the tag off the mattress. Yeah, right? make you Do live in a room. Do not remove this tag. Make you live in a room filled with styrofoam peanuts. <laughs> That's your punishment. A, a twenty, a ten foot by ten foot cell, mm-hmm. and you, it's just filled with styrofoam peanuts. That's where they put you. That's your purgatory. That's your that's your punishment from Governor Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> but there's important things happening around us. But I think that those easing of restrictions certainly is a uh, smart smart move. And I'm, and then we did see uh, also on the same program Tucker Carlson. Um, there was that doctor from Israel who was talking about um, the ineffectiveness of the vaccines, basically. Right. And how the surge, uh, the Omicron, and they were even the CDC. I just read another. Even the CDC now said that the current vaccines don't really protect you much from the Omicron. So, but the Omicron is diving. It's down forty-two percent yes. from last week. Yes. So, so it's it, a seasonal flu, seasonal cold, and it's going to run its course and. When you get it, you're immune and you barely have any symptoms. But I'm not a doctor. No. You know, please. We're but not judging or. No, no, no. I, I said, I was I was saying to, to a young lady yesterday who I was talking to, 
who wears a mask all the time. And I said, well, that, you know, that's your choice and you should have that choice and you should have that ability. No one should tell you to not wear it or force you to wear it. It's mm-hmm. a, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable, you know, and that's what that that's your comfort level. Go ahead. But then again, the people who aren't, you know, who say, well, you know, I've, I've I'm immune or I've, you know, I've, I'm not going to be. For-. Actually, I was reading an article to this today about God rest his soul. Meatloaf died. Um, they said he died from covid complications. And he was he he had refused to get the vaccine, and he you know, he, but he also had asthma and other Underlying, comorbidities. Sure. Yeah. So, but I mean, that was his choice. That was his choice. That's right. And then you know, I mean, he and he even said it according to something I read. Now they're saying that there are people who are kind of making these stories up now, so you never know what you're. Mm. That's the problem with social media. You never, you know, you really can't trust that what you're reading is fact yeah. uh, because it's just, you don't know who's putting it out there. Where, you know, in the old days, you had you had newspapers, you know, maybe one or two city, uh, uh, cities had one or two newspapers. Right. And that was your source a, a of magazine. And you can trust it. And Walter Cronkite, you know, yeah. and the CBS Evening News. Right. But now there's so much, it's like, was the source yeah that's and that's part of the mm. problem of the, of the culture so anyway so what's for dinner this sunday well you're not going to be home i know <laughs> so it's probably going to be something with peppers something, and that, something that i know you wouldn't like <laughs> that's fine i'm going to make something i know I, you wouldn't like i have a marathon day i'm going to be at you, church for like well you can, you can mention your 40 hours people oh, go I can do, well i wonder are they doing this everywhere no in the diocese of metuchen we have what we call deaneries and Maybe you call them clusters, whatever. So in my area, Hunterdon County, there's 12 parishes, even beyond Hunterdon County. Ringo's is in there. But these 12 parishes, there's one parish designated for what we call the Synod 40 Hours. So I'm sure there's one taking place in Middlesex or maybe in Somerville or, or somewhere else across our diocese. But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, there's 40 Hours to pray for the intention of this uh, two-year synod. Mm-hmm. And I just I really don't know much about it. But if you're one to enjoy the quiet solitude and like to come to adoration and maybe don't have adoration in your area, or maybe you work in the Flemington area at St. Magdalene's from Sunday at 4 p.m. through Tuesday night, um, overnight and everything in the church will be 40-hour Adoration mm-hmm. and Sunday, Monday, Tuesday at 7 p.m. each night we have a communal celebration where there's um, evening prayer, and again it's it's adoration but benediction and a speaker, a Monsignor Coleman from Seton Hall University, and I'm I'm told that there are specific topics that need to be addressed during this synod, so um, mm-hmm. it's not like you can come and speak on any topic mm-hmm. or Eucharistic central. Uh, theme it's it's something to do with the synod which honestly i really don't know that much about all right so anyway, what what time is that it's seven seven oh seven p.m evening prayer but sunday monday tuesday from sunday afternoon all the way through tuesday night we have a eucharistic procession is it overnight overnight at it's 40 hours oh, so, so they're doing real 40 hours it's real 40 hours okay. we get the knights to come don't fear not the knights of columbus do dedicate their time we have a wonderful chapter or troop or whatever you call them, the Knights of Columbus, and they take those overnight hours, so you're never alone there. And the gentlemen are there. We'll take a break. We're going to come back and be joined by our good friend, Bruce DeBacco. So don't you go away, friends. We'll be right back with more Friday Live. 
Hey, Bruce, you there? Bruce, you there? there. And I'm hoping that we have Bruce on the line. Bruce, you there? Yes, I'm here, Jim. Oh wow, it worked. There yeah. You, there you are. Well, that's there good. Go. To, that's good to know. I was I was trying a little trickery off mic here to try to talk with you, but I couldn't do it for some reason. I, don't I, know if I, I could hear you, and actually, Linda was on uh, on the the app, and she was hearing you ask me if you could hear me. Oh, see, now <laughs> that wasn't the way it was supposed to be working. Oh, <laughs> so everybody. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody heard. heard. Oh, well, wow. and now we know. At least you're there, and it sounds like you're sitting right here in the studio with us, which is great. Isn't it? It's like been, all the listeners it. are here like in a living room, so yeah, here we it's are. Great. It's great. Matter of fact, I I was uh, just enjoying uh, your – there is a wonderful – two wonderful chocolate places up in Allentown. Hey, <laughs> fill oh. me in. There, fill me in. There's one on the way. It's um, – I don't know whether it's Route 512 or the other one. It's actually closer to Bethlehem. It's it's called Josh Early's. It used to be a big, big place there. That's uh, the one. Right. That's the name. Yep. Now, Josh. there's another one that's really good, too, uh, and that's on Route 100 
uh, route, uh, route 222, right after 100 on the west side of town. Great, great chocolate. Wow. So yeah. now we gave them free advertising. We should get free chocolate. We did. There well, we're go. going to take a trip. You know, like we're not doing a whole lot. It's We'll just take a drive. And I thought, how did I not know about mm. a wonderful oh. chocolate place? I'm and usually on the inside loop with that stuff. You yeah, know? And right before you get to that, there's a what used to be the ShopRite's flagship megastore there. Mm. Now I don't know if it's still there yet or not. Mm. That's right before. Yeah, Josh Early's been around for a long time. Great, great chocolate. All right. So how are you and Linda doing? <clears throat> Oh, we're doing great. Just super. We, uh, I'm doing some projects around here and still trying to get settled in and enjoying the weather up here. It's great. Mm, <laughs> you know, Bruce, while you're out, we gave you that fancy equipment and you sound great. Just a little bit low. Do you have a, a volume to increase your mic? Yep, I do. But uh, you can turn that up. Okay. And uh, Nick said that. Uh, there it is. Good. Yeah. Yeah, Nick said that you you would make it one way or the other if I made it too loud. How's yeah, that a little bit better. Maybe actually, a little bit more, and then, then I can be, I have more control okay. over. That's it. up. At, that's at max. That's okay. okay. Well, okay. that'll work. That'll work. Very okay. good. Wow, aren't we masterminds at this technology? All oh I do, yeah. I just sit here and pray through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did kind of it did kind of freak me out a little bit because it takes a long time for one of the boxes to come on. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so. I'll tell you what, it's, it's, the, it's the marvel of technology because it sounds like you're sitting right here in the studio with us and you're up yeah, in does. northern New York State mm-hmm. uh, in the Rochester area. Right, actually in Spencerport. I'm halfway between Spencerport and Brockport, and I go out my driveway and I look down the bottom of the hill and there's the Erie Canal, the famous Erie Canal. Oh my gosh, wasn't there a song about that? <clears throat> On no, the sure. Erie Canal. Yep, there is. George M. Cohan, wasn't it? <laughs> right, and you can uh, shuffle along, along to Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. is just a little bit southwest of me, so I'm a little bit farther north than Buffalo. Mm-hmm. As the crow flies, I'm about 10 miles from Lake Ontario. Oh. And as the crow flies, if crows fly up here, which they do, <laughs> I'm about 40 miles from Niagara Falls. Oh, wow, wow. okay. Yeah, so we're up there pretty high. You're up pretty high, and I would imagine you get what they call the lake effect snows. Almost every night. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? It's because it's so nice and cold, uh, I get um, my my leaf blower. I have a battery-operated leaf blower, and it just you can just blow it off. You know, you get oh, you know, half So no inch. real shoveling. No, no, no. It did, you know, we we got that 15 inches Sunday night into Monday, and then we got Monday, we got another three inches on top of that. That you couldn't move anywhere, but it it's it's like a winter wonderland up here. It's beautiful if you like cold weather. Oh, it must be gorgeous. <laughs> and, you know, we had the pleasure, I'll share with the listeners, you know, time flies. When, when was it you moved? It was November? It was like, I think, a few days right before, before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, right, yep. right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And so yep. we finally had a chance, um, friends, to connect with Bruce and Linda, and we put the phone on, on speaker, and Jim and I sat there, and we had probably an hour-long conversation. It was great. And it was just so wonderful. But you described, and I just want you to paint this picture for the listeners. You said you and Linda, you felt like you entered into one of those Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, oh, Tell us about the Christmas town right. celebration. Yeah. Spencerport is just a small, cute little town. It's a, what they call a village up here, and it literally is a village. It's just a couple blocks. You know, the main drag is just like maybe two blocks tops, and there's a what they call a, a lift bridge that goes over the canal, uh, 
And so when boats, because it's a navigable waterway, and so when the boats come by, this bridge literally picks up 30, 40 feet up into the air, mm-hmm. and the boats go under. But anyway, they have a, right there, there's a big park like uh, right on the canal, and they have this beautiful, beautiful pavilion. And so they uh, they called it Christmas on the Canal. They've been doing it for 22 years, and it was the first Sunday of Advent. And they it started at 2:30 for the kids. They had a, a Santa with the, with the real beard and the whole thing, and he mm. and the long Santa outfit that looked like it was from Charles Dickens. And uh, Santa walked around, and then they had uh, a little dance group from some of the little kids all the way up to maybe maybe high school. I don't even think they were high school. And they all did these beautiful Christmas songs and everything. Uh, and then as time went by, they would, they had hot chocolate there and they had a, a food truck there. But then around, right, right around, f- a little bit before five, this beautiful women's choral group from uh, the city of Rochester came out. And they did these beautiful, uh, beautiful hymns and carols. And it was just great. And then at five o'clock, the organizer, a woman came up and at exactly five o'clock, every church bell in town rang for five minutes straight. And then she called up a local pastor. I don't know, what, I think he might have been from an independent church, but he was a guy that's been here for years. He was an older gentleman. And he just talked about the need for us to remember what Christmas is about. And now more than ever, we need to have Christ in our lives. And I, I couldn't believe it. I said, well, <laughs> if this this was back home, they, the state police would be closing the place <laughs> that's down. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they're talking about God and everything. Um, and it was just beautiful. And then they finished with some more songs. And then they gave out uh, candles, you know, like, like you would have at the, at the Easter Vigil in the little cups. Mm. And they handed those all out to everybody. And like a, like a beautiful little... Uh, not it was a pretty good sized chorus book uh, with with caroling, and they had uh, this big hay wagon. I, I guess it was a hay wagon, but it was all decorated in lights and beautiful things. And some of the seniors and some of the little kids were up in it, uh, pulled by a pickup truck. Yeah. Lots of pickup trucks up here, and they we pulled out of the parking lot. And as we came to the main drag uh, of the main street, as soon as all the lights and the trees went on. And this whole crowd of people just walked through town uh, cr- singing Christmas carols. with a, They had big speakers on it. And they wandered all through town for over, I think, a mile or two just singing carols. It, and it was just literally like something from a, um, a Hallmark <laughs> thing. It, was just, yeah. it took my breath away when we walked around Main Street. As soon as we hit Main Street, all the lights went on uh, all the trees. Yes, I bet. It just brings a tear to my eye because in its simplistic beauty, yeah. Um, to celebrate Christmas as just out in the public square, which yes. what we should be doing, takes you back to simpler times, you know, the 1950s yeah. or, or yeah. those. And that's kind, of, yeah. that's kind of kind of what it was like. And, oh. and and the woman that organized it, she said she'd been doing it for many years, and as long as she's going to do it, it she'll keep Christ in Christmas. Oh, and she her. said, and I guess this year the church, the uh, town, I get think cut some of the uh, funding, and she just. God, all the local people came up and said, we wanted to continue to have Christ in Christmas. And they mm-hmm. just paid for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it was, and that was on public property. That was on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Which was, which was amazing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very, very, we found a beautiful little, uh, little, little Catholic church here. Um, they have adoration every Thursday from one thirty to 6. Okay. 
and then adoration at 1.30 on Sunday to benediction at 4.30 with sung vespers. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Lovely. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So I can tell you're sorry you left New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I never thought I'd leave my beloved New Jersey, but I'm, here I am. Yeah, almost a lifetime Ross, here. I, I've been it's telling been- I've been telling the listeners, uh, you know, when you told us that you you, were, you and Linda were going to be moving up there, I, I said I, there's no way we're going to let them get away that easy. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad you did. Got mm-hmm. this equipment for you, which as the listeners can hear, uh, sounds as if you're right here in the studio with us. Oh, my Although miles, that, hundreds of miles away. But um, we are going to bring back your program uh, in, in time. And we're looking forward to that as well. So listeners, uh, the only... Uh, the only thing we won't be able to do is have your your handsome face on our YouTube uh, live. But, uh, <laughs> that we'll might put be a, a blessing. <laughs> we'll put a picture up there, and we'll get one of those cardboard things. Yeah, yeah. remember yeah. you had the Pope. Yeah, I have the Pope. <laughs> they're, they're in the back room. Yeah, we have, we have a cardboard uh, uh, Bruce here. That'd be good. Yeah. And lovely there, Linda, she would be answering the phone and she'd be praying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there. But I know she'll be sitting right there by you. Yep. And yeah, in your prayer corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. do have to find a call screener to, to join the program since Linda is up there. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anybody listening who would like to, and we'll, we'll talk to about this, about days and times and things, but uh, would like to answer the phones during Bruce's prayer great. hour. Oh, that would be great. Uh, let me know, yeah. and we'll be yeah, happy that, to. to that, that would be wonderful. Yeah. I know Linda's going to be cutting, cutting down. And I already got a couple of the email uh, prayer requests yes. that you sent oh, up my good. way. and. We'll be keeping those. I'll be praying for those on the way. Yeah, they uh, come to you. They're coming to you now automatically. I put your your address on there, so when someone fills out the form on our website, I get it, but you also get it now as well. So great. we used to exchange yeah. them here when you would come into the station, but this way they come directly to you. So well, right. it, it, it turned out to be perfect. I found them right before, uh, right after I came back from adoration. I said, "This will be great. We'll be able to oh. take that whole list and go to adoration before the Lord." And uh, all right, so we're on our journey. Fabulous. Yeah, it's it's and, you wonderful. Know, You've been such an important part, both of you, part of our, our radio family and, and our little family, Jim and I. You know, we, of course, we miss oh. you dearly. But um, now that we have your address, we just might come knocking on your door. Oh, please do. Yeah. I, and it is. I know when we came up and looked for the place, it was, you know, we were, the, you know, the kids live up here. They live about 11 miles away yeah. uh, in, in, into town more. We're out in the middle of the boondocks here. Uh, I, it's a, there's a giant cornfield to the around i have a little wood that's in in a woodlot there's three houses in a woodlot surrounded by cornfields soybean fields and a huge apple orchard wow. uh and there's a few neighbors on the other side of the street uh and it's a quiet little street i always joke eh, on a good day we might get 15 16 cars come by wow. <laughs> wow. and the canal's right down the street we've you know it's a beautiful place to walk and bike and you can literally if you have that much energy you can walk from Niagara Falls all the way to Albany on this path. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and we've already cross-country skied on it. And the other day we strapped on the snowshoes and trucked out across the, the – uh, I don't own the whole woodlot behind me. I only go back a, maybe maybe 100 feet. Uh, but we, we walked for a long time in the woods all the way back to get to this guy's cornfield. So – the fields up here are huge. It's just and sounds like free corn in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of benefits. You know, you know, Jim, I never realized that this part of 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 uh, New, York. New York is so agricultural. Yeah, it is. I mean, the biggest cornfields and soybean fields I've seen this side of going out in the Midwest. Wow. They just go on for miles. Yeah. It's just amazing and. It's uh the people are very very plenty. It's it's very like a midwestern field up here, and the people at church are just 
just open and and loving and we got a new pre apparently a new priest just came in mm. uh, uh father miller a young guy's only been a pa- only been a priest for like six years uh and they've already got him now as what do you call it the associate administrator or something mm-hmm. a step before you can be the pastor yeah. mm-hmm. and he is really on fire he's just a very personal trying to remember everybody's names and and just doing so many wonderful things and so uh it's 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 really uh, we really are enjoying ourselves up here. I do miss, though, all of my friends back home. I tell you, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it, you know, it's not that we don't have friends, but it's you know, it takes a while to build up these relationships. Oh, sure. Well, sure, and especially you've been so firmly planted in in the Flemington area, the greater, uh, you know, that well, central my whole Jersey. life. Yeah, so yeah. you know, th- that goes back years and years. Hunter and County is where I've spent just about my whole life, and yeah. before that just over the border into somerset county mm-hmm. in that bedminster mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah. area so yeah. it's just you know that's where i spent my whole life well bruce we're going to look forward to having you uh, back on the schedule Certainly, shortly yeah. and we'll talk more about those details but uh for today we want to say thank you to you for uh all you do for us for being with us today and of course our love to linda and uh, we'll look forward to getting you back on and Good. getting those and prayer th- requests and coming thank in thank you so much for uh uh, having all this neat equipment up here. Well, I got recalling at our our domestic church media satellite studios up in the Rochester, New York that's area. Right. So you go. Sitting in my chair right in front of the fireplace that's, that isn't oh, on yet, but it's beautiful. That's a nice way to broadcast, right? I did that <laughs> yesterday from home. <laughs> do I have a second to ask him to pray for yes. someone mm-hmm. and just sure. to put sure. it on your list, sure. maybe? You can do it right now. Okay. Sure. Um, of course, you know Frank and Judy from uh, St. Sure. Magdalene's. Mm-hmm. So Judy had to go to the emergency room. Last night, she was having severe chest pains. Oh. And so that was a scare. And turns out she's okay, but there was some connection and relationship with something that's been going on in her thyroid. And mm-hmm. so now they determined yesterday that in, in a few weeks, she's going to have thyroid surgery. So, oh, boy. So if you just keep... And of course, you know Frank is is so good. He um, oh, absolutely. He ran sure. to take her to the ER. We were in rehearsal, and she called me. So oh my, we'll definitely keep her in prayer. And uh, Lord Jesus, we just pray right now that right where Judy is, that you would just keep her calm, and that you would just touch that thyroid, that you'd bring complete healing to that. And Lord, if uh, if it's going to be it's going to be an operation, then we just pray that you'd guide the hands of those surgeons and that you would bring about the healing through their hands and that you would just keep Frank calm. And uh, I know he's a calm kind of a guy anyway, but just fill them both with your presence and just just overwhelm them with your spirit of love and joy and, and help them through that to totally depend on you as you're going to carry them through that. And we'll just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I haven't got to do that in a couple of months. Ah, no, we can't see. wait. We can't wait. Look we forward can't to wait. it. Well, thanks, Bruce, so much, and uh, we'll be, we'll be in touch, and we'll uh, finalize that schedule. Get you back on the air that'd, real soon. That'd be wonderful. I, you know, and I got to thank you for uh, Father's message tonight. It was wonderful. Uh, and I, I'm I'm reading right now the Infinite Tenderness of God by Saint Francis, mm-hmm. and there's two times in here where he really stresses. Over and over again, he says, I'm telling you, carry a little Bible with you. Read the Gospels. Mm. Read your Bible. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. What, and I was just sitting here reading that <laughs> when he came on and talked about it. Oh, there you there's go. confirmation. Yeah. Oh, there's the yeah. Holy Spirit for you. Yeah, Our love is. to Linda. I certainly will, and God bless you all. Thank Thanks, you so Bruce. much. God bless you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. And friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more Don't Go Away. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. 
It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. One year after I graduated Catholic High School, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus, and that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ who gave the authority to Peter and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. All righty, welcome back, and uh, just about a minute left before we have to head on out of there. So nice hearing Bruce voice, Bruce's Isn't voice. Great? I, I'm just amazed at the technology. It was like he was sitting right next to us. Technology is everything, especially <laughs> if you know how to work it. Yeah. Bruce, are you there? Hello, Bruce. Hello. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, I, I was told I got to call my engineer. I was told hit this button, hit this button, hit this button. I said, but won't that go over the air? No. Well, obviously it did. Maybe he did that on purpose. He's sitting at home laughing. Yeah. Nick, are you listening? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got him. I did exactly what I was told. I even have it written down. That's okay. You know what? It's all in the family. We can all chuckle about this together. Well, that's the beauty of live radio. Live radio. Mm-hmm. Doing live radio all these I years. I never know what's going to happen. No. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time, live radio. You know, it's... Uh, how many years? Over 20? And I used to be thankful I had a face for radio, but not for television, not for the cameras, not for the, what do you have, YouTube or whatever YouTube, we have YouTube. Uh, sometimes we're on YouTube and Facebook. Oh, well. Hey, this is, uh, you look great. It's the way of the world. Oh, no, you look, you look lovely. Oh, thank you. So do you. You told me today I look tired. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the gray sweater, you know, gray. 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 It's kind of a multicolor sweater, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different shades of gray. What do you call those diamonds things? I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a warm sweater. Well, that's all that matters <laughs> right now. But see, now look at and people see. I know. I, I don't even wear sweaters. I don't, I don't know think why. Because I, I went out. I went out. I you know during the break before I went over uh, to the kitchen area, and it it was I was cold. Even no. with my heavy sweater on. See, and the heat's on 60. I put the heat on 68. So it must be very cold outside. Mm. Probably going to get colder, as Jim said. 
Well, our time is up here today, so we want to thank you for being with us. Thanks to Dr. Ray Garendi and to Bruce Tobacco, Jim Hoffman with the weather. Thanks to Elizabeth for winning, playing and winning our Name That Catholic Tune game. I hope you stay warm this weekend. And uh, 40 hours at St. Magdalene's, 7 o'clock Sunday night Mm -hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And uh, I'll be back Tuesday, God willing, and we'll be back, God willing, next Friday. That's right. And by then, is it our last Not Friday yet. in January? Oh, in January, yes. In January. January, yes. February. So, have a beautiful weekend. All right. God bless you. Bye.